Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast, Week 9 Preview Edition. Uh, I am Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, how are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. On to Week 9 we go already. Uh, Got about five games left in the year for most teams, so here we go. Let's do it. Week 9. We got a pretty big week here in the ACC. Uh, we got a couple of pretty marquee matchups going on this weekend, as well as some other interesting games uh, throughout the weekend. I think, and I, I think this week is a pretty good one, and next week is a pretty exceptional week, just top to bottom, schedule wise, here for the conference. So, uh, should be a fun one. We actually get to start on Friday night, and we'll just go ahead and start there. As the uh, oh, oh dear, the Florida State Seminoles are on the road at Boston College at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Adam Amin game. The Adam Amin game. Oh, oh no. That That is bound to get weird. Slippery that's like the Gus slip. Johnson. Yeah, that's the Gus Johnson special from Fox, except it's on ESPN on Friday nights. Um, Florida State, Mike, is a, uh, a really just way too tempting four-point favorite here. Um, Florida State... Here's a stat for you, Mike, and, and it's going to explain a lot when you start looking at my picks and my record on the season. Uh, Florida State has not yet covered a spread this season. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I Yeah, and I've picked them a whole lot. Um, I This game, Mike, Florida State has to cover four here, right? Like, Boston College has put up a whole bunch of points the last couple weeks against Louisville and Virginia. Florida State is better than both of those teams, even though they lost to one of them last week, right? Like... Does, what do I think about this game? Four points is not anything for James Blackman to cover against a really lackluster Boston College offense in most weeks. And the public is going to be absolutely hammering BC this week with the money. Mm-hmm. After BC has scored 86 points the last two weeks, scored 98 points all year before that, they're going to be all over the Scott Leffler offense. And, Joey, we have one rule. Never trust Scott Leffler. So, here we go. Florida State defense, <laughs> pretty above average, to put it lightly. I think you'd agree. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we could give them that. Okay, fair enough. Boston College's offense, uh, not above average. I don't care what they've done the last two weeks, not above average. Um, Anthony Brown defied the laws of bad quarterback play last week when he threw for 275 and three scores. Against Virginia in that 41-10 to win, I don't see him doing that again against Florida State's defense. I don't see them running the ball as well as they have the last few weeks. I mean, A.J. Dillon struggled a little bit last week, but he went for well over 200 yards against Louisville a couple weeks back. 
I don't see them doing that against Florida State's defense, and Florida State can provide just enough offense to get by. So give me Florida State to win and to cover here on the road at night on Friday. Let's do it. They got to cover at some point. This is the week to do it. So worth noting here that Florida State's defense is definitely better than Louisville's defense or Virginia's defense, which are the teams that Boston College has really run up the score against. Um, Florida State's going to be without Jacquez Patrick in this game. Uh, He's down with an injury, so Cam Akers is the go-to guy for now. Um, The depth chart behind him has been adjusted a little bit, but I figure that Akers is going to get a lion's share of the carries here. I, I worry a little bit here, Mike, that Florida State might be starting to quit. Um, particularly on defense. I think we talked about this in the week eight recap is they've spent all year, you know, just busting their tails on the defensive side of the ball and getting minimal help from the offense. And I, and I just wonder a team like Florida state that starts the year in the top five has high expectations coming in from the outside, has high expectations for themselves. Now they're, they're looking, you know, down the barrel of going into November needing three or four wins just to be bowl eligible. Um, they've, they've suffered a lot of frustrating losses now, granted, none of those losses, really only one, I guess, has been uh, by a significant margin. But, I, man, I told you I was done with Florida State, and I also told you I can't quit Florida State. Um, I guess words are not as impactful as actions, so give me Florida State to cover here. I don't feel good about it. But if we've learned anything this fall, it's that you probably have a little bit better handle on these games than I do. Uh, we, we checked the math before coming on here. So far, picks this year, Mike is 36-23-1 against the spread. I am 31-28-1 against the spread. So, Both picking am, winners. Yeah, we're both picking winners. I'm barely keeping my head above 500, uh, barely treading water. Mike is a comfortable 13 games over 500. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Mike here. I, I'm just going to trust Florida State, maybe for the last time, but probably not for the last time. So give me, give me the Knowles to cover four in Chestnut Hill on a Friday night in the Adam Amin game because nothing could possibly go wrong in that situation. At 13 games over 500, i I'm everything that you want your Atlanta Braves to be. Mike, don't make me come over there. Right? right? Don't make me come over there. I, Barbs, so man. So help me. I will turn this car around and we will go home. Peak Barbs. Oh, God. Yeah. Barbs indeed. Uh, Mike, let's move on. 3.30 p.m. on the NBC network. Ooh, yeah. You don't even have to have cable for oh, this yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Over the air. Here we go. This is a good one. Here we go. Yeah, this is a real good one. Is the number 14 NC State Wolfpack on the road in South Bend taking on your number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Irish is seven and a half point favorite and, uh, and have been really looking really good lately. They're coming off a big blowout win over USC. Um, Huge for that team and that program. It, it's crazy to think that a year ago they finished four and eight, you know, and a lot of people calling into question Brian Kelly's job and, you know, what is Notre Dame at this point, you know, as a program, all this. And next thing you know, they're sitting here at six and one, big old win over USC and, and primed to possibly make some noise as it comes, as it relates to the playoff here over the next month or so. Um, they welcome the NC State Wolfpack, who, after losing early in the season to South Carolina in a, in a you know a frustrating loss for them, they've done nothing but put up W's ever since. Um, I, I believe they came off a bye week here. They played Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, uh, coming off a win there. Have a bye week, and now they travel to South Bend, taking on a Notre Dame team that runs the ball exceptionally well, 
is starting to find something in the passing game, uh, looking pretty good. Seven and a half points, not a huge spread here, Mike, but NC State has given a lot of reason for uh, confidence so far this year. What are your what are your thoughts on this game, uh, especially as it relates to the seven and a half point spread? Yeah, this is a little tricky. So Notre Dame, sixth in the country in rushing, 317.8 yards per game. NC State, sixth in the country in rush defense, 91 yards per game given up. Um, NC State has played South Carolina. They've played Furman. They've played Marshall. They've played teams who don't run the ball great. Um, Notre Dame has played against a couple of rushing defenses that, that should have given them more trouble than they ultimately did. Boston College, great example. Notre Dame ran for over 500 yards in that game against an above-average Boston College rushing defense. Uh, definitely not as good as it's been in the past, but you know a defense that should have held their own against Notre Dame's rushing attack, and they didn't. Uh, USC last weekend, Josh Adams ran all over them, 191 yards, a few scores in that one. Um, Notre Dame's rushing offense has held up for the most part against stiff competition, the one exception, of course, being Georgia in that second game of the year. Um, Georgia did a great job slowing down Josh Adams, and Brandon Wimbush was not up to the task throwing the football. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, I think that's the major concern in this football game. Um, the Irish have done an excellent job running the ball. Brandon Wimbush is still emerging in the passing game. The stats aren't necessarily there yet, uh, but you could tell he's making progress. His pocket awareness is a million times better than it was before. And by before, I mean the Georgia game, the only, the only loss that Notre Dame has this year. Uh, but he's still not connecting on some passes that you would hope that he would connect on at this point in time. So NC State, first and foremost, is going to try to take the run the run away from Notre Dame, and I think that's ex- exactly what you have to do. Uh, NC State, on the flip side, is facing a Notre Dame defense that, against the run, the pass is one of the best in college football. Notre Dame's got a top five or six defense in the country right now nationally. Uh, Joey, you'll be able to reference quickly what S&P thinks of that Notre Dame defense in a second. Uh, but Notre Dame's rushing, rushing defense and pass defense is among the best in college football. NC State's Ryan Finley has been extremely efficient this year. He's not turning the football over. They were trying to get the ball in the hands of Jalen Samuels more than they have in the past. And Naheem Hines has done a good job running the ball. My guess in this football game is that Notre Dame is going to try to contain the run and make Ryan Finley beat them through the air. That's what I would do. Um, While Finley's been great, I don't think you want the ball given to Finley's playmakers in space, whether it be Jalen Samuels on jet sweeps, whether it be Naheem Hines going right north and south, right up the middle. I think Notre Dame's going to try to take away the run and make Ryan Finley beat them through the air. And I think Notre Dame trusts their pass rush because as you saw last weekend, they were able to get after Sam Darnold. I like Notre Dame to win this football game. I think NC State is going to keep it within seven and a half. So I like NC State to cover here on the road in South Bend, but that's a tricky line. Seven and a half sounds about right. I think Notre Dame has just enough defense to get by in this football game. NC State offensively has not faced a defense like Notre Dame's yet this year. I think the closest they've gotten to that is Florida State. Um, NC State, of course, has yet to play Clemson, who's probably the best defense on their entire schedule. But this is going to be a tough task for Ryan Finley. It's going to be a real test. Notre Dame has been extremely opportunistic on the defensive side of the ball. They've created turnovers about as well as any team in the country defensively. And I think Notre Dame's able to turn NC State a couple uh, turn NC State over a couple times and find a way to grind this one out. Could be a low scoring game. 
Um, both teams have a lot of firepower, but I could definitely see a low-scoring game here, especially if Notre Dame's forcing turnovers but can't get the running game going and are forced to throw. But give me the Irish in a close game at home. Should be one of the best games of the weekend. Mike, as your, uh, your S&P Plus truther, uh, truther or, um, I don't know, disciple or whatever we're going to call it, would you, would you believe it if I told you that NC State in S&P Plus currently has the best offense that Notre Dame will have faced so far this year? That would be a surprise. Well, so you look at the list of teams that Notre Dame has played. On their way to being 6-1, and one, they had a win over Temple, a loss to Georgia, a win at Boston College, a win at Michigan State, a win over Miami of Ohio, a win at North Carolina, and a win against UNC or USC at home. Excuse me. Which of those teams did you just you know cower at the thought of their offense? Um, Not many, but if I had to pick one that might be ranked higher than NC State, my pick would have been USC. But maybe that's silly. Is- yeah, no, USC is actually the third best offense they will have played. Uh, Georgia's is technically ranked higher. I have questions about that. I also have questions just well. in general. I have questions about how good USC actually is in general. Um, I, th- I think we might be overrating them a little bit. Um, they were a team that we talked about. I think we talked offline, not on the podcast earlier this year, but USC was being looked at as a top five team, and they struggled with Western Michigan. They struggled with a decent Texas team. They struggled a little bit with a decent Cal team. They lost at Washington State. They struggled a little bit with a decent Utah team. And then they got the doors blown off by Notre Dame. Like, there's there's not been anything that USC has done this year that has really said, man, they are definitively a really good team. And so I worry about how much weight we put on Notre Dame beating them in the fashion that they did last week. Um, combine that with the, the fact that it was a rivalry game, a big old win, you know, the whole thing, and now you're coming into what might be a little bit of a letdown spot against an NC State team that is coming off of a bye week. I think this sets up poorly for Notre Dame at the very least. Um, NC State has been impressive this year. I think the offense in particular has a lot of different ways to beat you. They run the ball pretty well. Ryan Finley throws the ball well. He's got weapons that he throws the ball well, too. Uh, Jalen Samuels has been excellent in various roles throughout the offense. Um, NC State, again, defense has been performing well as well. Um, I question how effectively they will be able to stop Notre Dame's rushing attack. But at the end of the day, NC State on both sides of the ball has a whole lot of ways that they can beat you. Combine that with, again, these sort of these external factors that Notre Dame is seeing and some questions of um, how legit are they truly. Um, I'm going to take the points here with NC State. I'm a little tempted to take the Wolfpack outright. Um, hey, yo. And you know what, Mike? What the hell? Let's do it. Let's take NC State to weird. win this game in outright South in South Bend. With Dave Dorn is their coach. Yeah, I think the Wolfpack keep weird. it rolling. Uh, let's let's get weird. Uh, NC State, I'm believing in you. You've done it so far. Please don't make me regret this. NC State, uh, the big game. What could go wrong? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, give me NC State to win here 34-28. Gutsy. Uh, 34-28, yeah. Gutsy pick, uh, going, I like it. I'm going straight up upset here. Um, total here is 58 and a half. Um, I'd, I'd probably leave that alone. It could kind of go any direction from there, I think. Um, by the way, Florida State, Boston College, the total is 47. I'm, I'm heavily leaning under there, and it might be my pick of the week, but we'll get back to that here in a little while, Mike. Uh, anything else before we move on? Uh, no, I'm good. All set. Georgia Tech at number seven, Clemson. 
uh, at 8 o'clock on ABC or ESPN2, depending on where you're living. They've kind of divided this one up a little bit. I have a bad feeling that I'm living in Houston. I'm going to see it on ESPN2 because I think the other game is like Oklahoma-Texas Tech or something like that. But in any case, um, the Tigers here, a 14-point home favorite coming off of a bye week and before that a loss in the Carrier Dome. So in theory, they are kind of pissed off. Uh, I think this might be a homecoming type of situation for Clemson. Georgia Tech has not won in uh, Death Valley under Paul Johnson since Debo Swinney's first game as head coach of the Tigers. Um, Things do not set up great for Georgia Tech here, but I don't know. This is a Clemson team. They're getting Kelly Bryant back in theory. I don't know how fully they're getting him back. There's a chance that he might have some lingering injury issues. Um, The offense in particular at Clemson is not as explosive as it has been in the last few years. Um, under Deshaun Watson, uh, they the defense also has done really exceptionally well of defending Georgia Tech's offense as it was run by Justin Thomas. But it looks a little differently this year with Taquan Marshall being more willing to run in between the tackles. Um, changes in scheme like that can kind of change how effective a defense is, as we saw when uh, Georgia Tech went to Virginia Tech last year and ran with Matthew Jordan instead of Justin Thomas. Uh, a lot of the up-the-middle stuff changes how effective a defense is versus trying to go to the outside. So I, I I don't know what to think of this game, Mike. I have no expectations. I'm expecting Georgia Tech loses. They have nothing to lose here. Is this at all a dangerous spot for Clemson, do you think? Uh, I don't think so. If this was in Atlanta, yes. Uh, not in Death Valley, coming off a loss in two weeks to prepare. Uh, I think... Well, I know Clemson's rushing defense has done a great job against Georgia Tech's scheme. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, Dabo's only lost to Paul Johnson once. That I think that matters. Uh, I think it matters at home coming off of a bye week. Clemson's rushing defense has been unbelievably good this year. Georgia Tech's going to keep this thing relatively close. Um with that being said, like I don't know how much offense they have against Clemson in this game. And I'm not really sure how much offense Clemson's going to have, quite honestly. That's the weird thing about this game. Is that Kelly Bryan, as you mentioned, coming off of an injury, we don't know how healthy he is. Is he even close to 100%? How serious was that ankle injury um, that limited him to a degree in the Wake Forest game. He injured it, I think, initially in the Virginia Tech game. It limited him against Wake Forest. It, in my mind anyway, was one of the many factors leading to his concussion in the Syracuse game. How healthy is that ankle? I'm sure he's recovered from the concussion by now. It's been nearly two weeks. Uh, he's been cleared for practice, so yeah, yeah he so, should be out of the concussion protocol. Yeah, this so point. he'll be in. So uh, we'll see him this weekend. I like Clemson to win. I like Clemson. Ooh, do I like them to cover? I'll take Georgia Tech to cover, backdoor cover. But you know what? It's going to be like Georgia Tech loses by 13, and maybe they're down by 20 late. I think this is more of a a game similar to, you know, what we saw with Clemson, Virginia Tech a few weeks ago where, like, Clemson has it in hand, but Georgia Tech never really gets blown out. Does that make sense? Like, I think Georgia Tech's still kind of in the game to a degree, but not really close enough to threaten Clemson, if that makes sense. So give me give me Georgia Tech to cover barely. How about that? I think that's fair. 
I, if so, for Georgia Tech, if they want to have any chance of coming in here and winning the game outright, pulling an upset, I think there's only one way that that's possible, and that's in a low-scoring game. Um, you're talking about like a 17-13, knock them down, drag them out kind of thing where um, points are really at a premium because I, I Georgia Tech is going to have – you know, a lot of trouble scoring on this Clemson defense. They have for years under Brent Venables. I think that's going to continue. Even if a Taquan Marshall type of system is a little more effective than whatever Justin Thomas was running, I I mean, it's only ever going to be so effective against what is a, an outstanding Clemson defense. So I, I, you, I think there's a chance that they could keep it low scoring. Um, Clemson's offense, again, is, is a little bit – in question, you know, with the status of Kelly Bryant, and they're also just generally not as effective as they were in recent years under uh, Deshaun Watson. Georgia Tech's defense has been decent, um, up and down. You know, they were pretty down in the first half of the Wake Forest game. They were pretty up in the second half of the Wake Forest game. So you almost never really know what you're going to get from them. Um, I think I'm with you. I'm going to pick Clemson to win this game, but I do think Georgia Tech covers, keeps it somewhat respectable. I think it is a low-scoring game. Um, maybe something like a uh, like a twenty one to ten, you know, twenty four thirteen kind of thing, and maybe it is a bit of a, a late, you know, touchdown or something that draws Georgia Tech within. But I I don't see this being a shootout. If Clemson comes out and is up, you know, twenty one nothing in the middle of the second quarter, the game's over. Um, Georgia Tech is not going to catch them. Tech is not good enough on offense, especially up front, to handle Clemson's front. Um, Clemson, I think Clemson's going to be fine here. Um, don't be shocked if if Clemson does come out and, you know, throw an interception that gets run back for a touchdown or, you know, kind of fall into something. Um, they, they are coming off that Syracuse loss, and you, it's, you, know, you never really can tell if they're going to be really angry and trying to, you know, prove themselves or if they're going to get a little too excited and get sloppy or – you know what any of it will mean, but um, I I think it's I think it's probably too much to pick Georgia Tech to win this game. I think it's fair to pick them to keep it close, maybe something in the seven to thirteen point range. I don't think it gets all the way out past two touchdowns. Um, so at the very least, I think we're going to get a push here. Um, and I think if you like Georgia Tech to cover, you probably also like the under here. The total is forty nine. Um, this is this is not like a I mean what would that come out to like 32 to uh, like 18 or something yeah 32 18 that's, I think that's higher scoring than this game gets um, I don't I don't think Clemson really gets past 28 and at that point I don't know that Georgia Tech is scoring more than 20 so um, yeah let's take let's take Georgia Tech to cover 14 let's take the under under 49 here is that fair Mike that's fair I, I'd be surprised if Clemson scored in the 30s. Uh, so I'm with you on the under. I mean, I think like 27, 17, something like that would make a lot of sense. You know, similar to the Virginia Tech game where like Clemson got kind of out in front. Georgia Tech made a couple plays to keep it interesting, but, you know, not enough to really win the game. I, I think that's kind of what we're dealing with here. But, you know, it, if I'm Georgia Tech, I just try to keep Clemson's offense off the field and just try to grind away. Uh, at that Clemson defense and just see what you can do. Um, uh, you know, Georgia Tech's problem is that they're they're one-dimensional just by nature of their offense. So if they fall down against Clemson, it's tough. I mean, you 
you're going up against a really good rushing defense. So, uh, you know, you're limited in what you can do in the passing game. I mean, the majority of Georgia Tech's offense, as far as the passing game is concerned, builds off of the run. If they can't establish the run, I have issues. Um, you know, I have concerns, I guess, about what they're going to be able to do in the passing game, especially if Clemson is shutting down the run game. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, with that being said, like Georgia Tech's got enough playmakers. Jaquan Marshall's been really good. I'm not going to bet against him to keep it interesting, keep things close. I don't think Georgia Tech gets blown out in this game. It would be a surprise to me. I think that um, Georgia Tech to win this game would have to play basically a perfect game. Um, you, you cannot turn the ball over. You need to capitalize on you know turnover opportunities when they present themselves. I put a lot of stock into the defensive game plan. You know, what are they able to do to disrupt Clemson's offense rather than just, you know, sitting back and waiting on them kind of thing? Because that's, that's something that will get you beat. So I just – I can't have any faith that they'll win this game. But I think that they will come up with something and keep it close and at least be respectable. My, my problem is that then they'll be at 4-3 and three with two one-point losses and a loss to a, you know, top-10 Clemson team, and they still won't be ranked because, you know, reasons, Mike, reasons. Yeah, I know we've harped on this game enough at this point, but I think to beat to have a team that can beat Clemson, you have to have an offense with a lot of firepower. Whoa, mm-hmm. Offense with a lot of firepower and a defense that has enough to get by, and Clemson's got to be off that night on offense too. Like Clemson has to be struggling on offense, and the defense needs to give up a couple big plays. Like That's the only way Clemson loses, and... There are only a handful of teams in the country that can do that. Almost none of them are unranked. Uh, Syracuse is one of the few. So, yeah, I mean, should be, I you know, Clemson should be fine here. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. It's worth keeping an eye on, I think. Uh, let's move on, Mike. 7.20 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Duke Blue Devils on the road in Blacksburg at your number 13 Virginia Tech Hokies, who are a 15.5 point home favorite. Uh, I believe you'll be at this game. Is that correct? That is correct. Going down again. Why not? Okay. Heading down to Blacksburg. Okay. Yeah. Blue Devils coming to Blacksburg. I think you said that there is no chance of watching this game with a reasonable level of sobriety. I can't say I blame you. Um, Duke started off this year, you know, looking relatively impressive. Um, kind of ready. looked like they were ready to step up and, and, um, and impress and maybe make a little bit of noise in the ACC Coastal. They were 4-0. They now find themselves 4-4. Uh, they have lost three games in a row by a touchdown. Uh, before that, they lost by several touchdowns to Miami. Um, as they have done so, they just they haven't really even posed that much of a threat to these teams. Um, even as, even in these you know one-score losses, uh, Daniel Jones has not looked good. The offense has been not nearly as effective as it could be, and it has been earlier this year. Um, now, in fairness, the four teams they beat, I think we're starting to find out, are not that great. Uh, NC Central, Northwestern, Baylor, and North Carolina. I don't know that any of those teams is really much of any good at this point. That's um, correct. So that's, you know, not great. And instead, Duke is now faltering as they play, you know, even the decent teams on their schedule. So Duke coming in this game on a four-game losing streak. Uh, Virginia Tech coming off of an easy win over UNC last weekend. Um 15 and a half is the spread here. Virginia Tech is a favorite. I have a weird feeling about this game, Mike. Um, and, and we talked about, I, I don't have a great record in these picks because I probably get a little too creative or a little too saucy with them sometimes. 
I have some feeling that like Duke might muddy this thing up and get a little nasty. Um, Virginia Tech is also going on the road next week to take on Miami. Might be a little bit of a look-ahead spot for the Hokies. Um, Duke's defense is capable of uglying up a game. Um, basically, none of the last three games have, have gotten out of the 20s score-wise. Um, I don't know. Am I crazy for wanting to take Duke in the points here? 15 and a half is kind of a lot. Keep it within two touchdowns or something like that, and and maybe Virginia Tech's a little bit of a victim of the look-ahead spot, you know, wins by a, a relatively low margin. So you're saying Duke covers, but the Hokies are not going to get caught cliffed, right? Or are they? Mm-hmm. Are they getting caught cliffed? I don't know. No, they can't. Duke just lost to Pittsburgh. That's And that's exactly the conclusion I arrived to. So... Teams that lose to Pittsburgh are not beating Virginia Tech, yes. even with David Cutcliffe wearing a headset on the sideline. Fast forward a month from now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pittsburgh 27, Virginia Tech 14, Josh Jackson three turnovers. What in the hell? Yeah, that would be a nightmare. Uh, let's Let, not do let's that. Not cro- yeah, let's not cross that bridge when we don't come to it. Yes, Mike. exactly. Let's just pretend like <laughs> that's fantasy for Pitt fans. Fantasy for Jim Hammett. Shout out to Jim. <laughs> What's up, Jim? All right. Our dude. Yes. he's He listens to our podcast a lot, so there we go. Pitch shout out. Uh, Virginia Tech, 15.5 point favorite. I agree about the look-ahead spot, uh, but Duke has given the Hokies a ton of trouble in the past. David Cutcliffe always has his teams well-coached. I don't care what the record is. Daniel Jones, he hasn't been very good. Offensive line hasn't been very good. Virginia Tech's front seven is gaining a ton of confidence, and wreaking havoc on every quarterback in their path at this point. I think that Duke's defense could definitely muddy the game up. And if you're betting on the point spread, that's what you're counting on if you're picking Duke. Virginia Tech's offense has been prone to slow starts. Um, And by prone to it, I mean they haven't started fast in a game all year offensively. Uh, They've relied on their defense and special teams heavily to get things going early while the offense tries to find their footing in the football games. At this point, that's just what Virginia Tech is. I mean, we're seven games into their season. They are what they are at this point. Hokies have a serious problem. They're not able to run the football. It's a shame because I think you can run against this Duke defense. I'm not sure the Hokies will be able to exploit that. Passing defense for Duke has been okay. I mean, they've been all right against the pass. Uh, Duke's got a pretty good defensive line. That's a little bit of a concern for me, especially as the Hokies continue to get more and more one-dimensional as the season wears on. I like Virginia Tech to win and to cover, but I don't think it'll be easy. I think Duke hangs around in this entire game. I think people are sit- not necessarily sitting on their hands in Blacksburg, but I think people are going to be hanging around until the fourth quarter of this football game wondering if Virginia Tech's ever going to put the game away. I think it's going to be one of those types of games. I think Duke makes just enough plays in the passing game with Daniel Jones to keep things interesting, but Virginia Tech's defense has been so good. I'm having a lot of trouble picking against them in this spot, even with the look ahead, even with Miami next week. Look, Virginia Tech looked ahead twice last year. They did against Syracuse, and to a degree they did against Georgia Tech. The Hokies didn't have any big games remaining after Georgia Tech, but the Hokies, I think, were already prepping themselves for an ACC championship appearance a few weeks before they should have been, and that's why they lost that game. So give me the Hokies to win and to cover. They learn their lesson. They take care of business against a Duke team that really hasn't been all that good offensively. Hokies find a way, and they cover. Hmm. Not getting I mean, cut 
Yeah, to, yeah, I I agree. I I cannot see Virginia Tech losing this game. Here's what I do see, Mike. So first of all, you talk about they've struggled to run the ball in general. Um, Duke's defense has been effective against the run to some degree. Um, certainly not like an aggressive weakness, you know, kind of thing for them. Um, a little bit above average nationally. So that means that Virginia Tech has had to move the ball through the air, which is where Duke's defense really makes a lot of hay. They're they're pretty good against the pass. Um, I, you know, with, yeah, with as slow as Virginia Tech has started, they do have a little bit of a double look ahead going here where they're in the next two games at Miami and at Georgia Tech. And that's, that's basically the round robin that's going to decide if they go to, if they go to Charlotte or not, um, you know, for, for what that's worth. I just, you know, I, I don't think Duke is going to win this game by any stretch of the imagination, but 15 and a half is a lot of points here. Um, Give me Duke to cover. I'm going to take Duke to cover. You know, I'm going to regret this. We're going to be sitting here Sunday. I'm going to be, you know, lamenting over my pick record of the week uh, and, and really of the season. But you know what? Give me Duke to cover. Uh, I think Virginia Tech still wins pretty easily outright. Um, let's go Virginia Tech 24 to 10. A um, little bit of a slog of a game, I think. But I think Duke is able to keep it somewhat close. And certainly inside of 15 and a half as it relates to the point spread. Um, I almost would say, uh, no, no, I'm not going to put money on this game. Even if it does blow up even a little more, I would not, I would not bet this so game. So are, are you thinking this is more like Virginia Tech's game against Boston College where they kind of led the whole way and they were up comfortably and Duke never really threatened? Or are you going more along the lines of what I'm thinking, like Duke's hanging around, hanging around, and then Greg Stroman runs a punt back in the fourth quarter and the Hokies cover? I'm gonna, That's my prediction. There you go. Going out yeah. on the Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the maybe, I don't know, like 17-7 to 7 range, somewhere in the mid to late third quarter. You know, it's, it, it's not like they're ever really feeling threatened, but it's not like a total runaway of a game either. Yeah, I mean... Boston College, they beat 23-10. to 10. Like, I could see that type of comfortable win without a, a total blowout on the scoreboard type of situation. Um, you know, I, I just I don't trust Virginia Tech's offense just yet to score a whole bunch of points. And um, Duke, I just I, – I fully expect Duke to jump up and do things that I don't expect them to do at this point, um, which – I'm saying that I expect them to do things that I don't expect them to do. Things that the public would not expect them to do, maybe. Um, and keeping some of these games close. Like last year when they uh, they really muddied up and, and put a scare into Louisville at one point, right? Like that's that's the type of thing that people look at this game and will initially think, oh man, Virginia Tech in a blowout. But Dukas has a way of making it a little bit weird, I think is all it is. So um, give me Duke to cover, but Virginia Tech in a win that won't really actually be all that close. So Fair enough. Fair enough. I expect y'all to come at me on Twitter when this is like a blatantly wrong prediction, though. But anyways, uh, Mike, twelve twenty. One second, you won't be hearing it from me because <laughs> I kind of agree with you. So, whatever. That's, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Twelve twenty p.m. on the ACC Network, Mike. The Louisville Cardinals, a three-point road favorite in Winston-Salem against the Wake Forest Steam and Deacons. This is an interesting matchup here. I think of uh, a team that maybe some people still want to overrate a little bit and a team that people might want to underrate a little bit. And by that, I mean, Louisville might be a little overrated and Wake Forest a little underrated. I, I'm almost a little surprised at this point that Louisville's a favorite in this game. Were, were you fa- were you surprised by that, Mike? Or would you expect Louisville uh, to be, you know, 
within a touchdown kind of favorite even I, on the road. I uh, yeah, this is a tough one because you could almost see Louisville being favored by more than seven if the last three weeks hadn't happened. Um, Louisville found a way last weekend to win against Florida State. Uh, they dropped a game to BC the week prior to that. Uh, they've really just been on a roller coaster ride. That's kind of the best way to describe their team right now. Uh, two weeks ago, we're saying, oh, they're probably not going to make a bowl game. Now I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they'll make a bowl game. Like, they'll get to six pretty easily now. Where, whereas you and I were sitting here saying, ah, it might be tougher to get to six. Like, they'll probably get there, but it might be a little bit harder than we once thought. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised – I guess, versus like three or four weeks ago that, you know, it's not by more than three, but given the results of the last three weeks, I guess I understand it a little bit. Uh, Wake Forest, solid defense, good running game. John Wolford has, hey, he's been really good this year, throwing the football well, running the ball well. He looks like he's healthy once again, which is really, really important for Wake Forest. If they don't have him healthy, it takes an entire dimension away from their team. Uh, Wake Forest hung with Georgia Tech a good bit last weekend. Georgia Tech's a better team than Louisville. They are a better team than Louisville. They are a better team than Louisville. I needed to emphasize that. Is that fair? That's fair. Needed to emphasize that. Good. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Wake Forest, not only do they cover three, they win outright. Wake Forest at home beats Louisville. They find a way to slow down Lamar Jackson. That's enough for me. Wake Forest wins. Low-scoring game, ugly 17-13 17-13 Wake Forest. Let's do it. Let's go home. That's it. I kind of I kind of want to pick the same thing here, Mike. I'm a little weirded out by it, though. So here's the thing. Wake Forest has lost three straight games. Now, that was to Florida State, at Clemson, and at Georgia Tech. Uh, the loss at Georgia Tech in particular is, I, I think, would be, I don't know, a little bit of a downer for them. You know, they had a 21-13 to lead at halftime and a 21-10 to lead shortly before that and then just get, you know, boat race to the finish line. They also go on the road next week to Notre Dame. Might be a little bit of a look-ahead type of situation, but maybe not with all the losses they've come off of. I guess you get refocused and, and try to come out here and get a win. Um, Louisville, uh, I mean, I feel like beating Louisville at this point is kind of a one-trick pony. Like, can you stop Lamar Jackson? That is Louisville's offense. Louisville doesn't really have a defense. That's the key to the game. Just stop Lamar Jackson, keep him in the pocket, maybe get after him a little bit in the pass rush, and just stop him. Um, if not, def- Louisville wins in a blowout, probably. It's like yeah, win by a lot for the Cardinals. This is That's what you're defending against if you're picking Wake Forest like I just did. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Like you're, you're, you're picking, can Wake Forest defense get after Lamar Jackson – and that's, that's it. That's the key to this game. Because if they can, yeah, this is a win for Wake Forest, I think, at home. Uh, if they can't, it's a big win for Louisville on the road. Um, that, that is the key here. Wake Forest is going to be able to move the ball against Louisville's defense. Um, the question becomes, can Louisville move the ball on Wake Forest defense? And uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know what, Mike? I'm with you. Yeah, that boy. I'm with you. I think it's a little higher scoring. It's not like a 17-13 kind of ordeal. I think, I mean, Louisville at some point is going to score their points, but give me Wake Forest outright in Winston-Salem. Uh, give me the Deeks like 27-20, something like that. Um, 
same thing here. If you if you like Wake Forest, I think you like the under in this game. The total is 62. Um, Wake is not going to light up the scoreboard. What they might do is they might chew up the clock, uh, try to shorten the game, you know, run the clock, run the ball, uh, really sustain drives and such. I think that's a that's a formula that Wake can win with, and I think they're going to get it done here. I'm with you. Give us both Wake Forest to win outright against Louisville. Uh, things I didn't really think I was going to be saying here a couple months ago. But v- Vegas is counting on a Louisville blowout in both the spread as well as the over-under. Fade Vegas. Hashtag fade Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Hashtag BC um, podcast ACC. <laughs> At BC podcast. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest. Do you, do you like the under there too, Mike? I think I do. Yeah, I think I do like the under there. Because I, I see it exactly how you see it. Wake Forest uglies it up. Um, they keep Lamar Jackson off the field. They run the football effectively. A lot of time of possession in their favor. Just keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. And by doing that, you just run the football effectively. You chew up a lot of clock. Maybe you huddle up a bit more than you're used to. Don't get out of tempo, but maybe slow the game down a little bit. And I think that's the way you beat Louisville in this spot. I mean... You don't want Lamar Jackson to shake loose a couple times, and all of a sudden you're down twenty-one to six or something like that. You're, you know, you have to, you know, fight an uphill battle. I, you are at home, so you have that to your advantage. But you can't let Lamar Jackson get confidence because you know what happens when he gets confidence. The guy is an automatic three or four hundred all-purpose yard player on a bad day. So you just got to find a way to keep him off the field. Keep him contained as best you can and just bend but don't break. Keep him out of the end zone. For what it's worth, S&P Plus gives Wake Forest a 53% chance to win this game. So it actually favors them again against Louisville here. Um, so go Deeks. Get it done. Big game in front of your crowd in Winston-Salem there. Uh, moving on, Mike. Last game of the weekend, uh, Virginia on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Panthers a three-point home favorite at 12.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Uh, again... Are you surprised that Pitt is favored here at all? Yes. Yeah, same. Um, I This feels like a big overreaction to what we saw last week as Virginia got blown out and Pitt got their first win. Um, I don't know why they're favored here. Pitt's – okay, they, they, they had a good week, and that's great, and I'm proud of you, Pittsburgh. But Virginia's still been decent for a lot of this year. I – I mean, they're five and two. They look. I think I'm going to take Virginia outright here. I think Virginia is able to get right a little bit after. And now, to be fair, every time I've said a team is going to get right this year, Mike, they get beat. Um, so this might be a little bit of a kiss of death here on Virginia. But Pitt, after winning last week, I still don't think is very good. Virginia, after losing last week, I think is still decent. And at the end of the day, I think that kind of evens out after a while. And uh, I think Virginia gets it done here. I think Virginia wins this game outright. Um, maybe something like 28-17. Uh, they better win this game outright. I mean, they regressed to 2016 Virginia last week. And looking at Virginia's schedule, they better win this game. Mm-hmm. The next four are not easy, Joey. So Virginia mm-hmm. better find a way to win this game if they want to make a bowl game. Uh, either way, I've already ruled this season a success for Bronco Mendenhall. Um, I know fans won't think that if, you know, you – find a way to rattle off like five or six straight losses to end the year but 
I already think it's a success. I said they'd have four wins. They already have five. They unexpectedly got blown out at home last weekend against Boston College. That was weird. Uh, they got BC at a bad time. BC's playing with a lot of confidence right now. I still don't think the Eagles are any good, but they found a way to win by 31. Um, Pitt is not good. They found a way last week to beat Duke, which was a little weird. Uh, man, I really want to pick Virginia. I really do. But do it, Mike. for some reason, for some reason, I'm just kidding. I'll pick Virginia. I almost picked Pitt. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. This game is this game is not one that uh, not a sight for sore eyes. Let's put it that way. I'll take Virginia mm-hmm. to win. What the hell? Yeah, no, to- totally true. Not a sight for sore eyes. And honestly, I I have no earthly idea how to handicap this game. Um, I would highly recommend putting your money in a place that is a long way away from this game. So, um, I think we're both on UVA winning. I think we're both on like. Two underdogs to win outright this week, and I'm on a third. So clearly I'm really doing something right with my picks, Mike. This explains a lot of how things have gone this season. I don't feel good um, about a single pick so far, to be honest with you, of mine. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I just don't feel – I don't feel confident at all with any of these, but I, we'll see. I'm looking at the, – there's only like one game this week that has a really obvious winner, and it's – I think it's Virginia Tech against Duke, right? Like, that's it? And not Miami against North Carolina. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Hold on. Hold whoa. on. Hold on. We got another one. One more. Is is North Carolina America's team of the week, Mike? They are, but they're about to go. <laughs> they're about to welcome Miami to town. And North Carolina is going to lose this game by 100 points. Okay. All right, Mike. This is our challenge here. All right. North Carolina is America's team of the week as they are hosting the number eight Miami Hurricanes, who are a 20.5-point road favorite. Mike, we got to map out. What is North Carolina's path to victory in this game? And oh, does it oh. involve sabotage of Miami's team buses or, like, the locker room or something like that? Or wakey leaks. Wakey leaks. <laughs> wakey leaks. <laughs> wakey leaks makes a comeback. Oh, dear. Oh, man, that was a... That was one of the best stories I've ever heard. That was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, what a time to be alive 2016 was. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, path to victory for North Carolina. If you hadn't said path for victory for North Carolina in this game, I would have just said, oh, uh, pack it up and try again next year. But since you said this game, um, Malik Rozier gets hurt, Travis Homer gets hurt, and – Six of the starting 12 players on Miami's defense get suspended. And then you still need uh, – you still need to Does force – Does Mark like, Rick need to get, need to get like, arrested for white-collar crime of some variety? Securities yeah, fraud? Yeah, securities fraud. Yeah, Mark Rick gets arrested for securities fraud. True freshman Nicozy Perry comes in and throws a pick six – and then North Carolina has to go for two to win the game. So mm. the path is not looking very good for the Tar Heels. Miami is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they win and cover. Miami wins this game by 35 to 40 points, and they do it pretty easily. Pretty easily. Hurricanes Mike, never, never say never. Yeah, I know. Never say never, especially when you know we're picking a game with Miami in it. Um, the overrated number eight Miami Hurricanes. But – 
this is not the week they lose. They're going to blow the doors off of North Carolina here. If there's one thing I can say about the Tar Heels is that they know how to roll over. This is a very injured football team. They've completely quit. It's not Larry Fedora's fault. They're just so, so injured. It was a rebuild anyway. They have no hope. They're not playing for anything um, other than just wanting to beat Miami, which isn't going to be good enough. You're going to need more than that in this game. So Hurricanes win big, 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 big here. Big, big. You got it? All right, Mike. You good? Path to victory. Here we go. Path to victory for North Carolina. I was rude. I should have asked you what your path to victory was for North Carolina. No, no, no. no. You're good. You're good. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Here's what happens. Miami forgets that this is a road game until, like, first thing in the morning on Saturday. And then they're like, oh, crap. All right. We got to get the whole team up there. And then they get into town. And then they realize that they're actually in the wrong part of the triangle. They've actually gone to Duke. Things have and never gotten weird get there. To, yeah, by the time they get to North Carolina, the game has already started, and it, uh, they've forfeited. Like, I think that's how North Carolina wins this game. Yeah, Miami covers easily here, assuming that they all show up and are in good health and uh, have not been out, you know, doing coke with boosters at nightclubs and stuff the night before, which is eh, not out of the realm of possibility. That's Miami. true. Yeah. Just that out there. That's never happened before. Um, can we – I'm going to make a rule real quick. Two things. Number one, you absolutely need to bet on Miami this weekend with your with your money that you have earned. You have to put money yes. on the Hurricanes. Two rules. Okay, that's number one. You're gonna do that? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. Yes. Okay, good. That's what I like to hear. Me too. Number two, we cannot pick this game for our pick of the week. It's too easy. Okay, so are we doing what we did in like week three, where we we both go in on this game as a as a pick of the week, and then we also pick a second one? Okay, yeah, let's do that to keep it consistent. I was going to say we just can't pick this game, but we already did something similar in week three. Thank you for the, or week three or four, whatever it was. Thank you for the reminder. So we both have Miami winning and covering as one of our picks of the week, but I guess we'll get into our second pick of the week now. Yes, yeah, judge's ruling is that, yes, we are taking Miami to cover, and also we are going to both pick another game here. Um, so last week, Mike, I got back on the board. Got back on the horse. Virginia Tech and UNC went over 51.5. I moved to 3-6 and six on the year in picks of the week. Ew. Uh, you were actually wrong last week, having Miami to cover 13.5. Always did wrong. not against Syracuse. It's always, it always feels wrong picking Miami, so I can mm-hmm. understand how that works. Yeah, you, you fell to 7-2. and two. Your picks of the week are still basically locks of the week. Um, you can basically... Basically, uh, you, you could go ahead and just, you know, bet those games like they've already been played. And... Um, all right, so I think I'm going first this week. Is that right? Uh, yeah, what the hell. Oh, real quick, before you before you pick your game, this Miami covering against North Carolina might be the lock of the year after what I saw out of North Carolina last week. In person. I think so. Yeah, lock of the year. North Car- Yeah, the way that North Carolina just rolls over. If, if you want a little, bit of, a little bit of a level of analysis here, of technical football analysis, North Carolina is not afraid to turn the ball over, and Miami's not afraid to turn you over. Um, this thing should get out of hand in a, in a hurry. Um, and I think we're going to be seeing some Nikosi Perry or something in this game in the second half. Like I, this is going to be a, a total blowout. And yes, Miami inside of three touchdowns, even on the road, give them to me all day long. Should I give analysis or should we just skip that part? Should I give analysis? Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Same thing you said. <laughs> there it is. Hmm. Hurricanes Thank by you. a lot. Yes. You're welcome. There you go. There we go. Okay, uh, pick of the week, Mike. 
I'm look. It worked last week. I'm going back to the well. I'm picking against the total. I think I'm going to stick with Florida State Boston College to go under 47 points. I think that that is a low-scoring game. Florida State's offense has not looked good against anybody this year. Uh, Boston College's defense is capable of looking people making people look bad. Boston College's offense, despite what you've seen the last couple weeks, is also not very good. Uh, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I do not think that uh, th- this really is, is going to see a whole lot of points from either team. It's also on a Friday, weird spot, uh, in Chestnut Hill. Not really a, an electric atmosphere, I don't think you'd say. Uh, give me under 47 in uh, Florida State versus Boston College, and let's lock that up. Lock it up, Mike. Lock it up. Uh, Virginia, Pittsburgh, under 50. Hmm. Okay. Under 50. I'll go with that. Uh, let me discuss real briefly. Um, Virginia's offense, they've been okay, but they only scored 10 points on Boston College last week. Pittsburgh has a worse defense than Boston College. But Pittsburgh does this thing, and I, you know, I almost picked Pittsburgh to win. Pittsburgh does this really cool thing. It's called... We're really bad at running the ball. Let's try to throw a Ben DiNucci, and it doesn't work that well. Now, last week, Darren Hall ran for, like, a billion yards. Like, a billion yards. I don't know how he did. He had, like, a 91-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. That really got him going. I don't think that happens twice. I don't. I think Virginia's rushing defense is good enough to contain whoever the hell runs the football for Pitt. Could be Darren Hall. Could be Quadri Allison. It'll definitely be Jordan Whitehead at some point. It'll be Quadri Henderson, like somebody. Somebody's going to run the ball for Pitt. I think Virginia does a better job this week than Duke did last week protecting against the run. That means Pittsburgh's going to throw the ball. I love mm-hmm. I love Max Brown's not the quarterback anymore because he's out for the year. I love when Pittsburgh throws the ball. It's hilarious. So let's see Ben DiNucci or Kenny Pickett or, you know, Nate Peterman or – Let's name old pit quarterbacks. Um, God. Uh, hang on. I'll come up with somebody. Give me a second. I know. Uh, me too. Oh, uh, Tom Savage. That's, Tom Savage. That's exactly what I was thinking of, Tom Savage. I was like, ah, plays quarterback for the Texans. Why can't I think of his name? Tom mm-hmm. Savage. Yeah, we'll just name bad. Eh, he wasn't that bad. Uh, we're off the rails. It's going to be under 50 because Virginia will slow down the Pittsburgh rushing attack. Pitt will throw some picks. Virginia's offense is inconsistent at best, but they do enough to get by. I think it stays under 50. I like it. I think that's fair. Um, I, I could see that being a slog of a game for sure. Um, lots of unders here. I don't know if I – I, I kind of don't mind Miami, North Carolina to go over. Certainly not a pick of the week, but we've been kind of evaluating all these totals as, as we go. Uh, the total in that game is 53.5. I think Miami almost could cover that by themselves if they decide to come out and actually like start the game at any level of pace. But, um, yeah, I like UVA Pitt under 52. I think that's a good pick as well. Do you think we have time real quick for a special occasion? Oh, absolutely. A, a special occasion pick, pick of the week, perhaps? Um, yeah. One of the biggest games of the year is taking place this weekend in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Big game, 3.30 on Saturday. Number two, Penn State, heading on the road to the horseshoe to take on number six, Ohio State. It has all sorts of implications in the Big Ten, as well as the college football playoff. That game is shown on Fox, so make sure you check it out. 
Ohio State is a six and a half point favorite, Joey. Ohio State's best win to date is either against Indiana or Army. Of course, they got blown out at home against Oklahoma. Penn State, 7-0. and uh, Obviously, really impressive win last weekend against Michigan in Happy Valley. But Penn State has also survived a couple of close games, including one on the road at Iowa that looks iffy, but a win is a win. Penn State's number two in the country. They're 7-0. and you, you know the story with Saquon Barkley, Heisman favorite, fantastic player. One of the best running backs I've seen since Reggie Bush. He, he might be the best college football player I've seen since Reggie Bush, as good as Tim Tebow was. Six and a half point favorites. So who do you have in this game? I'm very surprised Ohio State's favored by this much. What do you think? Mike, if there's one thing that I know more about than ACC football, it is Big Ten football. So um, I am... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little afraid to pick this game. Um, so here's what's weird is that when, when Ohio State lost to Oklahoma in week two, it was it was pretty ugly, Mike. I mean, it was not it was not a good look for Ohio State. There was a lot of questions about, is JT Barrett like a good quarterback? Just fundamentally, is he actually any good? Um, is Ohio State, you know, kind of uh, in a rebuilding year? You know, what, what what's going on there? And in the time since, Mike, Ohio State has played five games, and they have won each of them by at least, I believe, 35 points. Um, oh, no, no, they beat UNLV by only 33. So every game has been won by 30-plus points for Ohio State. They have been just rolling people. Yep. Um, meanwhile, there's Penn State, who has not yet lost this year, Um who has really started to hit their stride. They just blew out Michigan at home last week, uh, 42-13, about a 30-point win. Um, Mike, I, so here, here's the X factor here also. Um, I am married into an Ohio State family, for what that's worth. Um, Forgot about my that. Wife's, yeah, my wife's grandparents live in Columbus. Uh, my wife's parents were born and raised in Columbus. My mother-in-law went to Ohio State. And graduated from there. Um, so, a little bit of family obligation there. But what I'm going to say is, I think Ohio State gets it done here, Mike. I think I think Penn State is a little bit, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. You know, coming into Ohio Stadium, a very tough place to play. There's all sorts of weird uniform blackout nonsense going on in this game for Ohio State. Should be a really electric atmosphere. Um, they have looked... They've really hit their stride, I think, over the last month, has Ohio State. I think they're going to be ready for this game. It might not get, it might not be out to, you know, six, six and a half kind of thing. Um, that, that might be a little bit too big of a line for me. But at the very least, I like Ohio State to win. Um, I think Ohio State wins, but I think Penn State covers. I think it's about like a three or four point win for the Buckeyes. Um, give me Ohio State here, call it 34-30, 34-31, something like that. Um, somewhat high scoring, but not anything too, uh, nothing too crazy here. We agree a lot. <laughs> We're agreeing again here. That's a good pick. I like Ohio State to win, Penn State to cover. I think Urban Meyer is going to have the Buckeyes ready. You'll remember Ohio State got into the college football playoff last year over Penn State, even though Penn State won the Big Ten. It was huge controversy. Ohio State, 
They're going to be ready. Penn State's going to be looking for revenge. But Ohio State's looking for revenge, too. Of course, Ohio State lost to Penn State last year in the regular season. Penn State's mad they didn't get into the playoff over Ohio State, who was absolutely demolished by Clemson, you'll remember, last year in the college football playoff. Semifinal game, double revenge. Give me Ohio State. JT Barrett's playing better. I think he'll be he'll he needs to be good in this spot. He absolutely needs to play well in a big game. He's done it before. I think he does it here. He's playing with a lot of confidence. Ohio State's starting to run the ball better. Their defense is playing at an extremely high level. Penn State playing very I mean, they've been fantastic. Um they they squeaked by Iowa since then. They've blown out every team they played. I think Penn State definitely keeps this game close by like Ohio State to win. I think uh, th- this this feels like a game, Mike, that might come down to who's got the ball last, honestly. Um, I don't know. On some level, I-, I feel better about – I feel a lot better about Ohio State winning outright than I do about anything relating to the spread here. Um, I mean, I- they could win this game by two touchdowns. Um, this could be a really close game. But I, I-, I do think Ohio State pulls it out. Uh, the how of it, though, is where I start to have questions. Um I don't know. This should be a really entertaining football game. Is it the three thirty hour? Uh, for those ACC viewers, we don't really have anything during that whole time. Oh, except for NC State at Notre Dame. So you might want to watch that too. You know, if you got the double TV set up, you'll you'll want to catch both those games at the same time. Uh, really, as it turns out, Mike, the whole three thirty hour across college football is ridiculously stacked this week. But um, I think we agree. I think we agree. Ohio State wins, but Penn State covers. And, and like I said, I think this, this really almost could come down to who's got the ball last. Um, these are two really good teams, and I think one of these teams is probably representing the Big Ten in the playoff. Um, so this is – I guess you might call it an, elimina- an elimination game of sorts. Is that is that's fair? Uh, that's exactly what it is. Man. I'm surprised it's not at night, personally. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I think it is on Fox, so Fox kind of gets to dictate maybe the TV spot there. Big Ten's, bu- um, I mean, Big Ten, they got a bunch of weirdos this year. They got 7.30 night games. They have, instead of 8 o'clock, because they're the Big Ten and that's what they do, they got games on Fox that are really weird. Very surprised this game isn't at night, but hey, it is what it is. I'll try to catch some of it before I go into that Virginia Tech, North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh. Let's go. Let's go do that again. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, part two. Um, mm-hmm. Before I go into the Virginia Tech Duke game in Lane Stadium on Saturday evening, I will be trying to catch most of this game. Of course, it'll go down to a wire and I'll miss the best part. But hey, it is what it is. Eh, you know, stream it on your phone or something. You got it. You'll be good. I'll figure it out, man. I always do. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the man, Mike. You, you, college football, uh, college football guru. As much as any of us, you'll. You will be watching this game come hell or high water. So we have a problem, <laughs> Mike. We got one more thing to do before we get out of here. We got somebody to thank for uh, social media uh, participation. We'll, we got to come up with something for this. Um, thanks, Michael Sullivan, for reviewing us on Facebook. Let's just go there. <laughs> we'll just go straight to it. There you go. It's the Michael Sullivan Facebook review of the week. Of absolutely of of the podcast. There it is. Boom. Got. And I quote. And I quote. Came for the Miami jokes, stayed for the great ACC coverage. Boom. Boom. We got a new uh, we got a new motto, Mike. Miami jokes and ACC coverage. Yes. Come for the Miami jokes, stay for the fun. <laughs> stay for the rest of the fun. We'll work on that. I'll figure it out. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate and review yes. us. Continue to do that. 
iTunes, check us out there. Rate, review us there. We got a lot of reviews on Facebook, which is great. Would like a few on iTunes as well, so keep those coming. Um, we actually have gotten a few there for what that's worth. We have. We have, which is solid. A lot of five-star reviews. Thank you for all you people mm-hmm. doing that. Um, so do that. Always looking for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. There it is. Nice. Yeah. Uh, y'all should send us an email. Uh, the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Um, like this podcast? <laughs> yeah. The, the dismount here has been interesting. Um, what else, Mike? They find us on iTunes, on Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, stuff like that. Uh, not on got Stitcher. Email, not on Stitcher, not on Spotify. Um, and there's other podcast places that they can or cannot find us. If y'all, if hey, if y'all figure out where to find us on, on another podcast app, please like send that to us on <laughs> Facebook or on email know. or whatever. Please yeah, let, let us know. know. Yeah, please. The, the research has been uh, at a, a snail's pace, to say the least. So... Um, let us know if you find us somewhere else. But anyways, Mike, this is drawn out really long now at this point. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good. Over an hour and five minutes is plenty long enough. Yeah, we even got some sweet Big Ten coverage in there because, you know, we are the Internet's number one Big Ten podcast, I think it's fair to say. Um, Mike, enjoy your trip to Blacksburg. Uh, go Hokies. Try not to get David Cutcliffe. Uh, everybody be watching some big old games this weekend all throughout the day. Uh and uh, we will come back and recap those after the, uh, the weekend's over. We will do that. All right. Let's All do right. it. There we go. There it is. Goodbye. Your, your week nine preview. Game on. Enjoy the games. Uh, all right. Well, until we come back and recap them, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.